y'all. It's your host, Avery Carl. Welcome to the short-term show special episode series on Scottsdale, Arizona. So in these 10 episodes, we are going to take a deep dive into the Scottsdale market, but I want to note a couple of things for you guys first. So if you are looking for current income numbers and current purchase prices, or you want to set up a search of Scottsdale properties, you can do that at our website, theshorttermshop.com. You can also connect with us there to get connected with our Scottsdale agents or any of our other markets, any agents in the other markets that we work in. So hope you guys enjoy our Scottsdale mini series and we'll catch you guys later. Be sure to join our Facebook group. It's called Short-Term Rental, Long-Term Wealth, same title as my book. And we'd love to connect with you there as well. Thanks guys, let's go. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Short-Term Show special episode series on the Scottsdale market. So today we're gonna talk about uh, what to buy. So we're gonna talk about locations, we're gonna talk about sizes, all of that fun stuff that will give you the information that you need to make a decision on what it is you wanna buy and where and what size. So uh, we have Leslie and Jessica from the last episode that you guys are already familiar with. And we also have Treb Ryan. Treb, do you wanna introduce yourself briefly to our audience? Yeah, hi, my name's Treb Ryan. Um, I'm an investor in uh, uh, short-term rentals. I started uh, in Tahoe and have decided to expand uh, down to Scottsdale just this year. And uh, I just bought my first property down in Scottsdale. Awesome. All right. So thank you all for being here. Let's talk about, I'm just going to dive right in. Let's talk about the different areas of the Scottsdale market. So what are y'all's favorite areas for people to invest? Uh, are there any areas you want to avoid? Let's start with the good ones. Let's start with the fun, the happy stuff. And then we'll talk about stuff we want to avoid. <laughs> well, I think that it's based off personal preference and who you're trying to market. So um, I see Scottsdale as North, so North Scottsdale and South Scottsdale. South Scottsdale is kind of in the mix of culture, arts, nightlife, you know, there's lots of resorts that you can go visit during the daytime, pool parties during the summer, you know, tons of restaurants, shopping. It It's where our, you know, the largest mall um, in Arizona is, um, Fashion Square. So, you know, South Scottsdale is kind of known for party side of Scottsdale, um, bachelor, bachelorette type themes. A lot of um, Airbnbs like to incorporate those in that side of town. And the North Scottsdale is kind of a little bit more larger properties, a little bit more family friendly, still have shopping, still have restaurants. Um, Barrett Jackson car show is held in that area. The Oh, Lincoln. I didn't know that. Luke is like obsessed yeah. with watching that. I think our whole entire like dating was me coming home from work and him watching that. So it's I, really I didn't cool. Know. Yeah, it's it really is. cool. My dad got tickets and he like he's into cars, but he didn't want to go that day and he just kind of let them. I'm like, what are you doing? People love like you can yeah. even giving them out, sold them something. Like, don't just let them die. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's it. That's held in North Scottsdale, but I I feel like north south it really doesn't matter you're you're in close proximity driving distance from one end to the other um so I don't think that to be an issue and really if as long as you're 15 minutes 20 maybe max from you know, an event, you're a-okay. Yeah, it's not too hard to get around town. No. Yeah, absolutely. I'd agree. The The Phoenix International Airport um, is where a lot of people fly in, and that's just 15 minutes from the downtown area, from um, Old Town area, Scottsdale. So that would be South Scottsdale. And then I think it's maybe 30, 45 minutes north where the car show is held 
at the biggest um, and busiest event center in North Scottsdale. Um, and then that's just five, five minute drive from the TPC golf course where the Phoenix Waste Management Open is held. And then the Mayo Clinic is right up there too. So as far as like the properties go, I think it just depends on like what you're, what you're going for. There's, there's more options I'd say in the 85251 and 85257 zip code in South Scottsdale. More condos, it's a little dense. I think you have a little more flexibility and affordability there in those areas. But as you go north, I think they're um, a little bit um, higher in price typically, but but uh, but it's a really, really nice area too, so. Yeah, yeah, you, you know, I think you have to really think about who you're, you're trying to rent to um, and, uh, you know, who your target market is. <laughs> I know for me, I kind of uh, uh, narrowed it down to um, snowbirds, uh, spring training fans, and bachelor parties, <laughs> for yeah. sure, as the big three. And, you know, with each of those, you know, being near uh, the, the giant stadium, uh, it, it was was important, um, as well as being around all the shops and restaurants. But there tend to be smaller groups, right? You're not you're not uh, bringing families uh, to these environments. So it's people, you know, who either empty nesters or the snowbirders or uh, young people for. Um, and so, the South Scottsdale area had that advantage of being, you know, really centrally located. If you're talking about a family, we're going to be in the car anyway. You know, it's 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 there's a lot, uh, as you said, nicer nicer properties up on the northern side of town that might be more attractive. To somebody who's trying to just get uh, get some sun time away from the uh, uh, away from the cold and less uh, concerned about being right next door to everything. I have a question. So I know obviously you want to be as close as possible to attractions. So well, actually, I have a question before my next question. After I ask this one, don't let me forget that I had another piggyback on it. So um, and I already lost the the first one. Oh yes. Yeah, so are is this an area where all of the attractions are kind of in one central location, or are they all kind of dispersed in different areas of the of the city there's everything like kind of right downtown in that old town area um and i might be using the wrong lingo here it's spread out yeah i'd say it's not just it's not always in just one area sometimes they're in close proximity but you know the um spring training is kind of like centrally located to north and south scottsdale it's kind of like right smack dab in the middle and then you'll have tpc which is a little bit more farther north and then you know, South Scottsdale has like all of the art exhibits and, you know, small uh, boutique type shops and restaurants and things like that. So I'd say it's all spread out. Okay. Yeah. So my next question. Oh, go ahead, Trev. Yeah. The, 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 the group I didn't target, but it would be a big one, of course, is the golfers too, right? Um, and the resorts are definitely spread out uh, around town in, in, in different spots. And so for, for if you're looking at Bringing in, you know, uh, say five to uh, four to eight guys who are uh, or people who are doing a golf trip and going to different resorts and, and want to have a, a better way of doing that. Um, it's it's not nearly so dependent. As a matter of fact, you might be wanting to be a little farther north and uh, essential to some where the resorts are in the rest of uh, the area as well. So yeah, that's very spread out. Then you can buy I noticed. Oh, go ahead. I said then you can buy another one. Yeah. 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 Hit that last demographic. So I've noticed I've only been to Scottsdale a handful of times, but I have noticed there are a lot of resorts in Scottsdale. And do those typically are those typically more like hotels or places that you can buy little condos or houses to rent out? They do have I've I've come across just kind of within sending listings um, some, um, I guess, like condo type style properties that are available within the resorts. 
I feel like that might be like a timeshare type situation. I'm oh, not, we've gotcha. never really looked into it because they do have the HOAs that are a little bit more strict right. when it comes to renting out. And so it's never really worked out to where we've looked into it. I've seen it. I just don't know, uh, admittedly much about that. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I didn't see it. I didn't see any much properties in my search that might be, um, because of the premium, and so they just didn't come within my my search range. And you have to ask yourself, if, even if you could rent it, is it the premium that someone who might want to live there is willing to pay to be near the golf course? Uh, are you going to be able to get that back in your um, in your rentals? Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I, be honest with you, none of them showed up in in any of the searches that I looked at, and I don't know, get, know again if that's just uh, because they're not available to rent or because it was just too expensive. So, and to me, there's like there's um, two different types of resorts. There's resort style communities, and then there's the actual resorts where it's like, you know, the hotel, the spa, the the pools, the um, something you can go to just for. Um, like a, a buy a day pass and go to the resort just for the day and kind of spoil yourself. But, um, but a lot of those have the hotels and then there's the resort style communities, which they do have um, typically they're gated and have a lot of amenities and golf course and things, but those golf courses, sometimes you have to have a buy a separate membership for that. And then they tend to be pretty strict as far as who can use the amenities and things like that. Yeah, that's you really need to investigate that. I know, I know, in, uh, one of my Tahoe properties, the HOA decided to stop letting renters, you know, uh, uh do that, e- even if, uh, you know, they just changed the bylaws. Um, and so if you're, if you're highlighting, Hey, you can go and use all these things within this community, you have to make sure that that, that will be available to renters, um, over time as well. Well, one thing that I've noticed about golf resorts a lot of times is since they they are really luxury, they try to keep everything in-house. So many times Mm -hmm. they will require you to use their in-house management anyway, which to me is like a major non-starter because even if you do want to use a manager, if you're someone who wants to own something and just doesn't want to manage it, that's fine. But what I don't like is when it's deed bound to one manager. So you can't even leverage hiring someone else. There's really no incentive for that manager to do a good job. So I I know a lot of the luxury golf communities are like that across the country, but I definitely wanted to touch on this because uh, there's a lot of golf there. So my second question that that you guys were supposed to remind me about. So I know you want to be in close proximity to to attractions. For me, if I'm going to buy something in the Southwest, like in the Arizona, you know, Scottsdale area. I really love all the desert scenery with the cacti and the the red dirt in the in the mountains and things. So can you get that or do you have to go like way outside of town to have that kind of pretty desert scenery? Yeah, you know, you get it. That's one of the great things about Scottsdale. I mean, uh you can be right in the middle of town and it still feels like you're I mean, yeah, obviously, if you wanted more property, we can spread out on the property itself. But the the Camelback Mountains right there, and uh, the cacti are everywhere. It's it's not you know every every piece of land and, and lot is going to be that it's just going to have that feel um, throughout. And um, especially it does some especially nice jobs in Scottsdale with some of the landscaping and the like. But you're not uh, you know you just the whole city surrounded by the desert, um, and it's beautiful. Um, in fact, I, I, I believe that is it the botanical gardens is only uh, what uh, three miles is halfway between the airport in there uh, where they have an entire 
just uh, gorgeous gardens, uh, uh, desert style gardens. Uh, you can visit uh, within five minutes of, uh, of downtown Scottsdale as well. Yeah. The Papago Mountains are in extreme close proximity to South Scottsdale. Sure. Yeah. If you wanted to get more of like magical landscaping and get a bigger lot and get like maybe even closer to the trails, if you were going to be there more for the outdoors, you could go further north and go closer to the McDowell mountain range um, and go there. But like you said, there's lots of desert landscaping around. Um, and then there's, there's a green belt going all the way through town. Um, that's really pretty. So it's, I mean, you're going to get it about mostly anywhere. All right, cool. Cause I, I mean, obviously you want to buy for numbers first, but I would hate to miss that scenery when I'm buying something um, Two neighborhoods. Are there any, I, I know that there's not any like specific areas that are more concentrated, or maybe there are. The good areas for short-term rentals are just kind of interspersed throughout the area. Are there any short-term rental specific neighborhoods we need to be aware of, or is it just kind of a house-by-house basis? House-by-house basis. Okay. Um, I mean, all of Scottsdale is sprinkled. There, there's really, really nice areas, and then there's ones that are just mediocre, but they perform well. So, you know, people invest in the in those areas and and upgrade the properties if they're not already done, and um, they do quite well. So, I'd say it's like a huge sprinkle within the city of Scottsdale as to where you can buy and and how well you can do or how well the property can perform. I wish I had a map like January. Yeah for her market, but Scottsdale is so dense, you know, and there's so many neighborhoods. It's, it's, I think it's more of a case by case once you start looking at kind of where your budget and where you want to be. But, um, Trev, what do you, what, what did you see when you were looking for yours? Yeah. I mean, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I didn't, you know, Scottsdale, I, I, I really didn't see much more than just being North Scottsdale and South Scottsdale. And, Anywhere where you've been, and I spent a lot of time just uh, moving around, it, it would be a good place to be. It, there isn't like this part of town is, you know, an hour away from getting to anything you want to get to. Um, it's really kind of everything is just kind of spread in, in, in. It's not that big a city where you can't get from wherever you rent, you can't get to where you want to go. Um, it, it's just a, a every neighborhood seemed like a pretty appropriate one. It, it, I don't think, is, is there a bad bad neighborhood in Scottsdale. <laughs> I know there's, I know I there's nice there's neighborhoods bad. and there's ones that are really nice, but I don't know if there's, yes. if there's it really, you know, that's kind of outsourced to some of the other cities around Scottsdale. Yeah. I wouldn't say bad, but yeah, there are some maybe more appealing to the eyes over others. Yeah. 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 So, I'd say you're more likely to get no HOA or non HOA properties in South Scottsdale and even South of like the downtown area. I'm seeing more, I'd say affordable non HOA homes and they're going to be older homes obviously 70s 80s block homes maybe but i'd say if you're going for a non-hoa home um if you don't want to be in a governed by an hoa at all then then you're probably going to be in the center so and and that's not going to be surprising you see that with a lot of you know uh, str properties hey i i'm going to go into a home i'm going to I'm going to fix it up again with an HOA. There's a good chance uh, that really wouldn't be available to the renters anyway um, in, in those cases. And so um, it's much easier to go into uh, that type of neighborhood. And the good part, again, often with some of those the older neighborhoods is they are tend to be more centrally located, right, uh, for getting to the you know old town or downtown or the, or the stadium because um, they were built earlier, right? And like anything else, they're, they're a little closer to the, the, the center. 
Um, I do see a lot of those within about two miles of where my place, uh, the place I am, you know, and that place was right next to Coors built in the fifties. So you just kind of see it, you know, fifties and sixties and seventies, you kind of move out and, you know, a lot of the, the really brand new communities are going to be quite a bit of a driver, not even in Scottsdale at all. I just want to go to Paradise Valley. It's, I think you can make those numbers work, you know, that's got to be 250 a night and uh, you put that together. I think the, the, I saw the daily rental rate when Paradise Valley was like almost $900, I think. I don't know. I mean, uh, yeah, that yeah. wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And for those who are unfamiliar, so is Paradise Valley like the the fancy part of town? Yeah. yeah so yeah. Yeah. people yeah. out of state don't sometimes don't differentiate Paradise Valley from Scottsdale. But Paradise Valley is its own city, its own thing. But it is what the kids call bougie. Um, <laughs> it's, it's really nice, really nice properties, but it is expensive over there. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's your uh, you know Bel Air or or uh, you know Hillsboro or, or whatever. It's it's the big uh, part town where my old boss lives. Uh, he he did better than me. All right. So, are there any areas of town that are more affordable for investors? So, Paradise Valley is not affordable, but are there any areas that are more affordable? I mean, we have a large. Phoenix market that I would say, you know, that one will take some research um, as far as numbers and whether it's a good side of town or not. But Phoenix is affordable. Um, In some cases, Tempe, where ASU is, can be affordable. It can also be up there in price. It just kind of depends on the location. And, um, you know, I'm a fan of Fountain Hills. It's it's close to Scottsdale. It's not far from everything Scottsdale has to offer, but it gives that more desert feel, more picturesque scenery. And, you know, some of the properties are much like a Scottsdale or a Paradise Valley property up in that area as well. So it's a little bit sprinkled with high end, you know, super luxury mountain backdrop properties and you know, nice family style with with some scenery around you as well. That's a little bit more affordable. So, you know, Arizona is a super diverse state and I feel like there's so many different cities that um, can perform well. It's just really doing your research and figuring out what, what fits you and what demographic or what type of person you're looking to rent to. Okay. Now let's talk about size because we spent quite a bit of time on, on location. So is this an area where you have to go really big or can you get a small, you know, one, two bedroom house or condo and still do well? I mean, personally, I think if you're doing a condo um, in the areas that Trev was looking into and purchased into, I mean, you're not going to go wrong with that. If you're in a condo that's completely away from all of where you want to be in the mix, then yeah, that's probably not going to do as well. But also who are, you know, are, are you trying to rent out to maybe hospitals. So maybe you want to be by the Mayo Clinic or something. It really just depends on what direction you want to go. And then, you know, I tend to kind of help my clients figure out, you know, what area would best suit their needs in terms of, you know, whom they're, who they're marketing to. Um, but I don't think condos will perform any any less than a single family if it's in a good area. Yeah, yeah. You have to... Again, I think uh, you have to think about who your target audience is, and if if you're if you're going out there to 
you know, um, provide, uh, again, for the bachelor parties for people who are in town to socialize, who want to be able to walk to things and not get in their cars, to take the famous Scottsdale golf carts around. If you don't know, Scottsdale has these big carts that they, golf carts that just have usually eight people who've enjoyed the evening, shall we say, or 10 mm-hmm. hanging off of them, riding around town, you know, crazy. and having that, <laughs> yeah, but there's even a name for it. Uh, and so... You know, if you want to be within that kind of facility, then obviously a condo, if, if you're taking a condo and putting it, you know, 25 minute drive, you're not really, you know, I, I think of th- this type of things, this type of Airbnb is being almost a, an alternative to a hotel, right? Uh, who, who wants to go to a hotel that's 25 minutes away from everything? Um, and, and so in that case, uh, you're good. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend doing condos if you're uh, trying to get out. You, you get kind of the worst of both sides uh, where... You're not you're not close to anything, but you don't have enough size to really be able to sit back and relax and enjoy the property you would with the with a larger piece of property. Okay. Makes sense. So but really what I'm hearing here is that there's a size for everyone. You don't have to go huge. As long as the location is good, then you're in good shape. And we'll hear more about exactly what sizes are most uh I was going to say cost efficient, but that's not the not what I was looking for. Uh, have the highest returns on the not the next episode, maybe the next episode. What episode is it? Episode three, I believe. Yes. So uh, we're going to get into that in a later episode, listeners. So um, I do have a few more questions. Let's talk about amenities. So let's talk about having a private pool or a community pool. How is it? I'm of the belief that in any market, a private pool adds. 20 to 50,000 in income, depending on the market, depending on a few factors. So if you, I'm of the belief, if you can get a pool, get one, but how hard is it to get one in this market with a property that just already has one? There are pools everywhere and they're not like, I'm from a different part of the country. And I always notice when I travel and I fly over cities, when you get low, when you're about to land, like almost landing in Arizona, it's like, oh my gosh, there's pools everywhere. I get the aerial view, but um, a lot of times here in Arizona, they're they're smaller pools, they're play pools. So so yeah, I mean they're they're extremely common because people want to have a place to cool off in the summer. I, I we talked about this in another episode, um, but I think it's a huge advantage to have a, a pool that's heated um, because your busiest season is during the winter and the kids flip over backwards to be able to get in the pool, like, you know, in the winter time. So if they could like do it and not freeze to death, that, that makes people happy. Um, but then on the HOA properties, if your guests have um, access to a, to a pool in a, in a community, like where a condo is, then a lot of times those are heated. So, um, so yeah, the pools are everywhere. Um, it's, I would think that it's, it's would be fairly easy to, find a place with a pool if you were going for, um, if you were going for that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I never even knew there was an unheated pool until I started <laughs> looking at the Scottsdale market. I, I didn't realize what it's like when it's 110 degrees outside, people might not need to heat their pool, um, but they, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. More than even the desert view. I, I don't think you can do a place. Yeah. You have to very specifically be there, uh, for you know one or two target things not to want to have a pool at the property i mean it's it's just it's what scottsdale is right it is pools and lying out and getting warm and then cooling off and so i find that uh, you definitely want to find one but as uh, uh we did mention make sure it's heated you know and it's not that hard to figure out most of the popular listings will, will let you know uh whether they have a heated pool or not because it's a it's a big ask. Right. Well, and you also, 
I wouldn't write off a property where the pool isn't heated because you can just get a pool heater. I I bought a property that did not have a pool heater and it cost me, I think, right about 3000-ish to get it. But just keep in mind, you probably, I don't know how it is in Scottsdale, but where I am, I did have to get a, a building permit to do that. I had to get a, a permit from the city. So y'all make sure that if you do buy a property that doesn't have a pool or you know a property that you're going to finish out the garage or add a, a bedroom or something that you make sure you're getting all required permits if there are any. So keep that in mind for sure. Let's hear about regulation. So is there anywhere in town that does not allow short-term rentals outside of just, you know, certain HOAs that might not? No, it's really just the HOAs that are the most restricting within Scottsdale. Yeah, that is one of the reasons that uh, I came out of the market was, uh, especially out here in the West, it's one of the most liberal cities when it comes to uh, working with uh, uh, short-term rentals. They're I mean, I, I, I think we would be remiss not to let people know there has been some debate between the city and the state on that. Um, but uh, fortunately, this is a fairly economic, economically minded state. And, and, and to this point has kept it, you know, a, a very, you know, very friendly um, to uh, the uh, property owners in, in this case. So which which is really one of the things that makes Scottsdale so attractive in that, in that you can come into Scottsdale with the idea of doing some investment property and do it legally, you know, as much as you, know, you may not disagree, I'm never comfortable with uh, breaking the rules of a particular city or something mm-hmm. in order to uh, put the, those in place. But, you know, and so Scottsdale is not that it's not that case. It's very open and, and accommodating. Yeah, I love that. I love to hear that. And I agree. I see people all the time try to talk about cute ways of bending the rules when it comes to regulations in a market. And I just that when you're spending the amount of money that it requires to buy a piece of real estate, I just I don't like that. You know, bending the rules of like, okay, is my kid 12 and under to get free dinner at the restaurant? Okay, but like bending the rules of of a regulation of you know a five hundred thousand dollar investment, I don't think that that is a smart thing to do. So just keep that in mind, guys, as you're out there roaming the internet and there are people telling you what to do and what they've done. Bending the rules in real estate is not something that I recommend doing in any capacity, whether it's regulations or whether it's mortgages. Don't you know? The, I don't like the gray areas. They turn into red areas very quickly. And I don't want you guys as our listeners to be people that end up in those red areas. We're trying to keep you from that. What else? So I, I think I wanted to touch on really quick, what's kind of cool about this market versus some of the other markets that we're in that are very like only tourism dependent is that I, I would call this a vacation-ish market. So it's very vacation driven, but also it has a lot of other industries. So not everyone who lives in this area has income that's dependent on on tourism. So I what I like is I, I think a lot of people when they go to buy short-term rentals, they think, oh, I, I, I want to have a couple exit strategies. I want to be able to convert this to a medium term if it doesn't work, or I want to be able to convert this to a long term if it doesn't work. I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, that this is a market where you can convert it to another type of asset class if for some reason you decide, oh, this isn't for me. Is that the case? 100%. And, and there's even some hybrids. There are, matter of fact, I, I decided to retain first, uh, I'm doing a, a three-month rental in the, in the winter. So a long-term uh, snowbird rental who takes it out, which is, 
prime season, but on the other hand, you know, just as I was getting my feet wet, it was nice to be able to just take it and get uh, three months of guaranteed income on it as I was getting up to speed on marketing the property and putting the things together. And so there are a lot of people who do those uh, snowbird rentals uh, and who can, t- so you can do medium term for por- portion of the year and short term for the other parts of the year um, and uh, get a little bit of both. So you have that opportunity uh, out there. And, and Scottsdale really is in the whole Scottsdale Phoenix. It's, it's a real city, right? You know, where people have actual jobs and big universities. You know, obviously, we talked about the big medical, actually a fairly good tech sector, which is how I've uh, gotten to know because I know a lot of people who went down there to do tech companies. So there's a, you know, there's opportunities for the property outside of just people just dropping in. It's It's not Tahoe, that's for sure. Yeah. And I think that that's a real strength of this market is its versatility because it's not like, oh, I'm going to go buy an $800,000 beach house because that's it. Like there's no, there. you might get a snow, probably not on that size. Let's say 800,000, like in the Texas coast gets you four or five bedrooms. Uh, you're not going to get a snowbird there. You're not going to get a medium-term rental, or you're not going to get a long-term rental. So uh, I like the versatility of this market because you can do other things where there are more vacation-dependent markets that are not versatile at all. It's vacations and that's it. Oh, yeah. I mean, like the list is long and events all year round. I mean, obviously, they have some concentrated in the um, in the best weather months, January, February, March. But a lot of businesses that are based in Arizona have their headquarters in Scottsdale. And then there's the all the conferences that come here because, you know, 325 sunny days a year, it's a pretty dependable place to come you know, to, to meet. And it's pretty easy to, um, for people to meet the national international because of the airport and travel. And um, and then there's so many people here and so and tech companies moving to the area that you get people coming here to visit family. And and like they say about the hospital system, you know, travel nurses and also people who are here for treatment or they have family here for treatment. So there's, there's lots of other reasons why people come here just um, besides the weather and the cactus. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So yeah, I, I wanted to end on that because I think that's a really big strength of this market. Is there anything that we haven't touched on in terms of what to buy, where to buy that you think our listeners could benefit from hearing? that we haven't talked about? I mean, I I say that our market is pretty, um, it's versatile. So, you know, a lot of, I've, I've come across a lot of clients that are like, I don't know if I can afford Scottsdale. Absolutely. You can let's try and find a place that is within your budget that still meets your needs or to the people that you're marketing. So I don't want it to be, um, perceived as, you know, you have to have a higher end budget to be, to be able to even invest here and be successful. That's not the case at all. I've heard it plenty of times. Um, so I, I would like to clarify that. And there's just so many different areas, um, that I I feel like a lot of people don't realize. And, and our state is beautiful. And that's, that's probably like the biggest takeaway for me. And I take that for granted because I've lived here all my life and I'll see something and I'll just walk past it. But like, it's really, really gorgeous here. We have the landscape is just amazing. Uh, uh, let's not forget it's seventy two to get today in Scottsdale. Um, <laughs> I'm in Northern weather. California, and it's not seventy two here, and this is yeah. California. So yeah, uh, there is a reason why people like to uh, enjoy coming. Uh, it's beautiful, but uh, it's it's nice, <laughs> very nice. Yeah, I I I've only been a handful of times, like I said, but it is it is very nice. 
And guys, if you guys are ready to buy with Leslie and Jessica, then you can email us at agents at the shorttermshop.com and we'll get you connected with them. Or if you just want to hang out and learn more, there's a few places you can do that. You can join our Facebook group. It's called Short-Term Rental, Long-Term Wealth. Same title as my book right behind me. And we also have a live Q&A every Thursday where you can join and ask us any questions that you have about short-term rentals. And you can do that at strquestions.com. Guys, thank you so much for coming on and talking about this with us. And we will catch you on a later episode. Thank you. Hey, thank you.